Welcome to the Lanier Hills Church Sermon Podcast, where faith meets life. I'm Pastor Randall Popham, inviting you to explore wisdom from the Word with us. For more information, visit us online at lanierhills.com. Good morning. Merry Christmas. Man, how are you today? Good, man, it's a full house. So good to see you. I want to welcome all of you that are worshiping with us online as well. Thank you for joining with us at Lanier Hills Church. I'm Pastor Randall, and I get the amazing and incredible privilege of spending my 19th Christmas Eve with you guys. So, uh, worshiping with you guys. I love it. Um, <clears throat> we started this tradition 19 years ago, saying, hey, on Christmas Eve, we should worship together, we should get together and, uh, and celebrate, especially on a Sunday, right? So we get together to do that today. And so thank you for being here with us and worshiping with us. If you have a Bible, I want you to turn with me. We're going to take just a few minutes and we're going to look at some scripture that just go, actually just applies to that song we just talked about, about seasons. There's seasons in life, seasons we're in this good winter season, right? And even though yesterday felt like spring, it's still winter. We're talking about seasons and timing. You know, timing, all of us at Christmas time, you know what we think about? We think a lot about timing. You're think, thinking, I got to get to church on time this morning. I got to get a seat. I got to get there early. You're thinking about your, your timing for the rest of this day. You're thinking about, you know, where you got to be and all the places that you got to be at the right time. Uh, this is, seems like from once Thanksgiving starts and you get all the way to Christmas, it's all about just timing, getting to one event, to the next event. You know, anybody else agree with that? That it's all about just timing and being everywhere you're supposed to be on timing. Even my kids who are all, you know, like adults now, yesterday they were sitting there and the ones that are still in our house, they're all like, what time are we getting up in the morning for Christmas? Right? Who's, who's already talked about that? What time are we getting up in the morning? You know, now they're all like, it used to be 5 a.m. Now it's like, oh, let's get up at 7 or 8, you know. But uh, it's all about timing. Well, I want us to take a moment and just think about a different kind of timing. God's timing. God's timing in our life. God's timing in the season. See, God's timing goes beyond what we can understand or control. Would you agree with that? It never, when you think you got God figured out and his timing, he's, I think he sits back and says, watch this. <laughs> Watch this, right? I mean, we don't understand his timing. If there's anything I've learned in my 50 years is that God's in control and I am not. Amen? And he's in control of all the time. And so we're going to talk about his timing this morning. See, um, God's timing is a, is a plan. It has a plan. It's a, there's part of a big plan. It's part of a big purpose that we must get to the place where we trust even though we cannot see it. And God's timing, as we'll see in just for a few moments, is his timing is not about hours in a day or weeks or years. God's timing is about something bigger. He's not on our time of schedule. It's about something much bigger than us. And when we finally recognize that, that what God's about and what he's up to and his timing, things just start to make a little more sense, even though we can't understand how it's all working out. When you think about the birth of Jesus, you see God's a special timing. You think about it in the life of Mary. Here she was, a young teenager, wedded, you know, or like engaged to be married and had her, I'm sure she had her plan like every young teenage girl and thinking about marriage and what it's going to look like. 
And then she shows up, or an angel shows up and says, Mary, you're going to have a baby. And the baby is the, is the son of God, right? I'm like, nobody had that on their five-year plan, right? Nobody had that, that in their timing. Right? God, I'm going to have the son of God, right? So that happens, and, and, he's, and, and he says, you're going to have a baby. You're going to be the son of God. And, and what does she say? This most beautiful words, like in all the scriptures, she said, I'm your servant. If you say it, let it be. She understood that God's timing in her life is something bigger than her and her plan and her schedule. Now switch over to Joseph. Joseph is an older guy, and he's engaged to be young, to marry to Mary. And, you know, I'm sure he's got his dreams, his plans. He's got his five-year plan, 10-year plan, what they're going to do like. He's getting all things ready. And then he hears Mary's pregnant. What does he do? He puts his own plan into place and says, you know, I'm going to divorce her. I'm going to say, we're not going to get married. I'm going to do my own thing. That's not part of the plan till an angel speaks to him in a dream and says what? Hey, Mary's pregnant and the baby she's going to have is the son of God and you're going to father him. What does he do? He's like, oh, okay. I see there's something bigger at play here than just my dreams and my goals. There's something bigger. It's your plan. And, and he adjusts his schedule and his plans to get with God. And then you think about how it all came to be where Caesar Augustus said, I want every, we're going to take a seat, we're going to take a census, and I want everybody to go back to their hometown. Can you imagine that today? Everybody's got to like go back, especially today. You got to fly back to Washington. You got to fly back to Texas or fly back to Australia just to go to your town, right? And so he says, you got to go back to your hometown to be counted in this census. So Joseph goes back to Bethlehem because he's a son of David, or a, a descendant of David, and he goes back there. And, and I can imagine, imagine that journey. Pregnant young lady, and she's probably like, oh, <laughs> I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to get how it's going to go on. But we know this, God's got his timing. And so they finally get him to Bethlehem. And there in Bethlehem, the prophecy from Micah 5.2, where it talks about him being born, the Messiah coming from Bethlehem, all comes together as she, as she gives birth to the Son of God, the Messiah, in Bethlehem. And God arranged everything, even getting Caesar to to perform a census just to get the Son of God to be born in Bethlehem. Why? Because God's in charge, right? He's going to profit. He's going to, he, he works all things for a good and for a purpose. And we see that he was planning in that. And just as he was working in Mary's life and Joseph's life and all the kingdom, God is also working in our life. And I want us to see something that even the birth of Jesus and how it came to be was something bigger and it had an exact moment in all of history that, that God wanted it to happen. I want you to see this verse, Galatians 4, and just look up here on the screen with me. Galatians 4, 4 and 5 says this, but when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born of under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. So what a very important verse. Because God had a big purpose to redeem the world. And, but he says, listen, he says, at the fullness of time, at the set time, when the set time came to be, at the fullness of time. See, there, we need to understand something here. In the Greek, there's, there's two words for time. We kind of, we have one word, like, you know, it's the right time, or what time is it? 
And, but in this, in the Greek words, they have two words. The first word's chronos, which is where we get like time and seconds and minutes and hours and days, the consecutive, the, you know, one after another. That's time, and we know time like that, right? But there's another word in Greek too, and it's the word used here. It's the word kairos or kairos. And it, just, it isn't about moments and seconds and times and, you know, right after each other. It's about the specific time, the perfect time, when everything works into place at the right moment. It's kind of like yesterday I was, my wife was making some, you know, homemade cookies, and I posted about it last night. I, I try to eat good at Christmas time, but it's, I fail every year. Anybody else? I'm like, I can't do it. So she's making these good, like, homemade cookies, and the first batch that came out, they were, they were, tasted amazing, but they were kind of gooey, you know, and, and I like gooey cookies, but not like still doughy, right? And, and she said, what do you think about the cookies? I said, well, I think they might need a little bit longer, even though I was still eating them as fast as I could, right? But I, they might need a little bit longer. And I said, maybe like a minute or two. And she made the second batch and it came out and they were just right, they were like a little gooey and with crispiness, right? I'm like, oh, these are perfect, right? See, that, it wasn't about the time on the oven, the seconds. It was about the right moment when the cookies were perfect. And this is what the idea of what this of keros means. It, means. it means when the perfect time, not about seconds or dates or what any of that, but the perfect time came. It says this, at the perfect time, God sent his son, born of a woman. And so, as we look at that, it, it, it helps us to understand that God doesn't work on like a schedule. Seconds, minutes, days, and months, like we want him to. Like maybe this year you're going to set some goals and agenda, and this year I'm going to do this, and on this day and this day, I want you to understand that you set your plans, but God guides your course. He guides your steps because he is working on something called kairos time. And he knows exactly what he wants to do and when he's going to do it. And when everything comes together at the right moment, God will do the thing he's going to do. See, for the, in this moment of history, this was an important moment in history. See, for the very first time, most of the world was at peace because of the Romans. Most of the worlds had been captured by them and everybody's living in peace. At this moment, there's one kind of like international language. It's, it's Greek, which most people speak. And at this moment in time, for the first time, great roads and had been built so that people could travel quickly and go where they wanted to go. And so this moment in time was the very first time that when God said, now's the time to come in. You know why? So the gospel could spread quickly. So that his purpose of coming and redeeming the world could happen immediately. So, at the right moment, it happened. And, and why did it happen? So that he could redeem the world. See, God isn't just working on a schedule to fulfill our joys and fulfill our dreams. God's greatest goal is to redeem the world. And when we can recognize God has a plan, God's plan is to, for his kingdom to come and his will to be done, for his purpose that all people might, not, might come to know him and worship him forever, that's God's plan. And he's working towards that plan when things are right in our life for that thing to happen, that's when the things happen. 
So I want us to get recognized this today, that God is at work. God's at work in all of our lives. And his purpose is for this, is for his kingdom to come in our life. And his kingdom to come through us, to happen through us, for, the, for people to know God and be redeemed. And while we're working on our schedules and our days and our times, God's saying, I'm up to something bigger and I want you to get on my plan and trust my plan. And I'm going to let things happen at right, just the right moment. See, some of you have been praying for something to happen. You've been praying, you've been praying, you've been praying. And you're like, God, what's taking you so long? Listen, God's not working on schedules. He's not on your schedule. He's got his plan. And his plan is for something for the kingdom of God to come. And he wants you to get to the place where you can eventually just trust him. Trust his kairos timing in your life. Not the chronos, but the kairos timing. You've been praying for something. Or maybe God did something this past year, you know, or maybe God, some, something interrupted your life this year, a sickness, a death, maybe something you were not planning for. And you're like, God, what are you up to? And you're like, this is not part of the plan. He says, hey, listen, trust my kairos timing. I know what I'm doing. Trust me in it. So as you kind of come to this Christmas season and you think about over your, your life over this next year and whatever, what's coming up this next year, Here's what I would challenge you. Just as God planned specifically the day, the second, the moment with his kairos timing too, the second that Jesus would be born, he's working in your life. And I want to, try to, I want to challenge you to do this in this today, right now, in the, and as the season coming. First thing, trust God. And this, and this next year is what it looks like to trust him in the kairos. Trust God in the detours because guess what? There's always detours, aren't there? You plan it. Just for Mary, there was a detour. For Joseph, there was a detour. The birth, there was a detour. God is up to something all the time. We trust him in the detours and saying, all right, God, you know what you're doing. I'm going to trust your kairos timing. It may not be on my schedule, but it's on your schedule. Second, I want to challenge you this year to, to embrace the divine interruptions. We're going to all have interruptions this year, right? Things are going to happen we didn't plan, we didn't schedule for. But guess what? God does not work according to watches. He works according to his wisdom. And he knows exactly what's going to happen and when he wants it to happen in our life. And you may get interrupted by something this year and you may have been interrupted by something this year, but God wants you to trust his kairos timing in his life, in your life. And third, be patient in the waiting. That's the hard one. I'm not a very patient person. I want things done now. Anybody else? Let's get them done now. I want it to happen now. But God's patient much more than we are. He says, be patient in the waiting. It'll happen when it's all supposed to happen. So trust God in the detours, in the interruptions, and in the waiting. But I want you to know the only th that the birth of Jesus wasn't the only thing that was perfectly timed and planned by God. His coming into this earth and birth was planned by God, but I want you to know this too. His death was also planned. It tells us this in Romans 5, 6. Look what it says in Romans 5, 6. It says this, at just the what, right what? At just the right kairos. Not the second, but the right kairos. Not the chronos, but the, just the right moment when all of history, when we were still powerless, God, what? Christ died for the ungodly. See, even his death was part of history and like part of this perfect timing of God. And in just a moment, we're going to come and 
get a chance to do communion and take the bread and take the juice. And it's a reminder as we take that of God's love for us, his plan to come and redeem. In all of history, he worked you know, perfectly to redeem us. And we take this bread and we take this juice and we're reminded that God was in control of even in those moments to redeem us. And so today as we take that, I want you to just take this moment and as you take this bread and juice, remember who he was, remember what he did for you. But just remember like he's in charge. And the thing we have to do in our life is come to the place where we completely trust him with our lives, with our plans, with our schedule, with our future, with everything in our life. We're saying, God, we trust you and your timing and your purpose. And we want to live according to your purpose because that's what it means to be a believer. We align ourselves with your purpose in this world. And we are taking this bread and juice. We're declaring your, his blood and his body, body broken for us. And we're saying, I align myself with you and your purpose and your plan. And this blood that was spilled is, covers my sins. And the body that was broken is broken for me. So we're going to take a moment and do that. Here's how we're going to do it this morning. We do it a little different a little, each time. We have stations here. We'll have one in the middle, two in, one on each side in the back, and two at the top. And what we're going to do, instead of coming to you, we're going to give you an opportunity to come to the, to the table closest to you, take a bread, take a juice, and then if you're with family or you're with friends or even by yourself, just take that and go off to the side and just take a moment before you go back to your seat, just kind of take it and go off to the side and just thank God for his perfect timing of sending his son, for his death for you for the blood that was spilt and the bread and the body that was broken and say, God, just thank you. Thank you for all that. And then I want you to do this. Say, God, I trust you in my whole life, my future, my plans, everything in my life. I trust and I give it to you. So, and then just take, say thank you and take that bread and take that juice. And when you're done with that, I want you just to come up here and there's some, um, lighters up here. I want you to light a candle if you're up here or in the back or up there, there's candles. Light a candle, just kind of represent. We're going to light this place up with candles, okay? You're going to do that. You have candles in your hand that you got when you came in. Don't bring those yet. Don't light those yet. That's coming later, okay? So just light these or you'll be standing there for 20 minutes with a candle in your hand, okay? So don't do that. But what we're going to do, we're going to take up a moment of just personal communion. You as a family, maybe one of you, if you come together as a family, one of you just take the lead Pray for your family, pray for your friends, and just give thanks for the body that was broken and the blood that was spilled for you. Now listen, if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, you don't have to do this. But if you come today and you do this, here's what you're declaring. I believe Jesus died for me. I believe he died for me and his blood was spilled for me. So if you don't believe that, don't take it. But maybe you didn't believe it, but today you're thinking, you know what? God arranged all of history for you to be here today and all the timing and this season for you to be here to hear that Jesus loves you and he died for you. He has a purpose and he has a plan and he wants you to get in line with him. And if you believe that, then I want to encourage you to take this bread, take this juice, believing Jesus died for you. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your body broken for us. During this time of communion, of worship, would you just help us to reflect on what you did for us? And the, the birth of Jesus was not some random act. 
The death of Jesus was not some random act in history. It was a specific moment when you came into this world to redeem those who were under the laws that we may be born again and be set free from sin. So today we come this morning and we reflect on this blood, reflect on this body, and we say thank you. Thank you for that. Now help us to trust you with our whole life, giving you our life, getting in line with your plan for our life. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.